0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Between the Stitches. As always, I am your host, Brady Wilson. I'm not forgetting to say my name this time <laughs> I'm with my co host, Chase Solschwinger. What's going on? And, uh, well, what is going on is a lot of sports. Sports is always going on. Mm-hmm. And I uh, we think we're going to kick it off with stars um, who have not been disappointing us 30 and 13 and 6, second in the Central, third in the West. Moving they up. are kicking butt, taking names. Thomas Harley is.
1: The overtime mastermind.
0: Yes, he is uh, just <laughs> killing it overtime for us. You know, stars unlike the Mavericks have been bringing honor to the to the AAC. Um, <laughs> sorry to the Mavs, but um, yeah, it has been a lot of fun to watch. I think you know everyone's just playing really well, and like we've said before. There's just what kind of trades need to make. I don't think there really is a trade you need to make. I mean, no. unless you have an injury, you know. Not knock, knock on the knock on wood here, but you know, unless you have an injury that pops up, you really don't need to do anything. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's just there's just nothing you really need to do. And as talking with stars, I I am realizing that it is. I believe it's the All Star break
1: now. Chill. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. has to be, because yeah.
0: there is a very large gap in games right here. Uh, the next game for the Stars is February the 6th at 6 p.m. We're at Buffalo. Um, but our previous couple games was... Oh, no, 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 I spoke. No, no. Yes, no. I did not change it to January. That would be helpful. Um, we're on a three-game winning streak. Back-to-back overtime wins mm-hmm. against the Ducks and the Capitals. Beat the, uh, as we like to call them, the Pink Wings. Uh, and then before that we lost to the Islanders in overtime. So, you know, the last few games Star has been playing really really well. Had just just looking at this, I see a little I see definitely a lot more Ws in January I think than I do uh losses, but you know, coming into the All-Star break, we came in pretty strong. Back-to-back mm-hmm.
1: overtime wins. So, you know, oh, I mean, you always want to end off, you know, before the big breaks, right, in the season, you always want to have, you know, something to look at and be yeah. like, okay, this is a great way to, you know, go into our break. So SARS, so you know, came through. And then we actually open it up on the
0: road. Uh, the next home game is February the 13th. Yeah, so, so I two mean, weeks from now. That's, you know, yeah it is January 31st, so it's the last day of January, mm-hmm. so, you know, about to be February. But you open up in Buffalo, then in Toronto— and then in Montreal. Yeah. So you got to go, I mean, you are kind of, it is north, so you're not having to go, maybe probably, I don't know, Canadian ge- geography here. But um, ironically, Canadian geography, we, it was a uh, sophomore year of high school. We actually, <laughs> you know, that that was geography year, I guess, for Texas and education. And so our teacher was going through uh, Canada and the cities. And she challenged the class. I guess she didn't know because, you know, we're Texas and American. Hockey is not exactly the biggest sport here. And she was like, so I'll give, she's like, I'll give like a five extra points to if you can name all the hockey teams. And, of course, I and wasn't even that big of a hockey fan, but I'm rattling them off yep. because, you know, you, you can't. I'll, I'll take sports extra credit it, all there day. There you go. But, um, yeah, you know, open up on the road. And then uh, Carolina at home, then another home game in Nashville. So you only have four home games in February, and a lot more road games. <laughs> so it's a big test. Definitely going to be a big month uh, for the Stars. Their American Airlines Center partner, the Mavericks, have been the crowd goes mild. <laughs> that that would be, I think, a, a very good way to describe how they're kind of going through this year right now. A lot of people want Jason Kidd fired. I don't know if you're part of that crowd. I, I don't feel that my basketball IQ is high enough to
1: be able to say he needs to be fired. I, I wouldn't be like disappointed, but it just all depends on who you bring in. Because as of right now, I mean, I can't think of, you know, multiple options out there that I would rather have over him. For right now, you just got to let it play and just see what happens.
0: Yeah. We're coming off a one game winning streak against the Magic. Before that, lost to the Kings. Before that, beat the Hawks. And before that, a three game losing
1: streak that was pretty embarrassing mm-hmm. so but listen the team the team isn't healthy and there's a lot of things you know trades haven't been made hopefully there will be in the near future um but then you look at the record and they're over 500 five guys over 500 at the end of the day and again we've said in the past you know the Mavs got to find a way just to get in right and when you have superstars on your team you can compete so keep you know tonight's gonna be a tough one in Minnesota um, the pretty much whole starting lineup is out. Dante XM is out. Derek Jones Jr. is out. Luca is out. Kyrie is out. Derek Lively is out. Uh, so this game is going to be, you know, hopefully Tim Hardaway Jr. goes for 40 and Josh <laughs> Green goes for 20. Hardy goes for 30 and stuff like that to try and compete. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, no expectations for tonight. You expect, you know, uh, you expect an L on the road versus, you know, the number one team in the West. Um, but then you got two days off and you come back home from Milwaukee. So, you know, this could be a game where, Luca probably you know could play, but when you have two days coming off rest and then you know a really tough game on Saturday, you want to make sure your guys are healthy and hopefully Luca, Kyrie, see a lively maybe lively wearing a mask. You know who knows. <laughs> uh, just you know get everyone healthy. So this is a smart day to like let people breathe. Basically throw the game away, take the L, but see what happens and be ready on Saturday. I think for the Mavs, you know, being a team that's injured. If we can be healthy,
0: fully healthy, no injuries heading into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those the record may be deceiving at the at the end of the year if you go in as like a seventh seed or
1: a sixth seed. And I don't think we'll be an eight seed. I mean seven, eight, nine, or ten. You know, seven through ten is a plan. Oh, I forget. Yeah, the plan So you really want to be a six, if you know, but
0: <laughs> if you can get in, I think as a six, I think you'd be a very sneaky six seed. Yeah. If you're nobody's going to want
1: to be like, oh yeah, let's just play Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving today. And lively and yeah, and those, I mean, nobody's going to want players. to do that. So you just got to you got to get in, got to get healthy, make some trades, or make a trade. You know, make make a, you know. I, I don't even want to be. I can't be greedy. Make a trade. Do something that will benefit this team because it's going to. Th- we need it. Luka needs it. You you want to keep them, right? Yeah, you
0: want you want to see movement at the deadline. Now you don't. I don't think you. I never like making
1: moves for the sake of making moves, because rarely those work. But this team needs something, and there are guys out there, and there's a lot of targets that we're going out for: Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges. Those guys, just like that, you know, you don't have to give up a lot of players. You you have draft capital. You can give, you know, for example, Maxi Kleba and. A first-round pick, right, maybe for Kyle Kuzman. I don't know if they'll take that. But you have firsts to give up. So you can maybe do P.J. Washington for a first-round pick. i do that in a heartbeat. That's the moves that we need to make to go forward. It's crazy how undervalued first-round picks are compared to football. Well, no. In the NBA, first-round picks are valuable.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I know they're valuable. But, but...
1: second-round picks compared to NFL second-round picks are not nowhere near as valuable. Well, I think it's funny. That, like Kyle Kuzma's a good player. Yeah, he's, he's, right. I mean, he's a top, you know, he's he's better
0: than 50% of the league. He's better than 50% of the league, but he's not, It, it we, we, when you think first round pick, it's just, it's a, it's fun to think other sports. Right. When you think first, it's kind of, like in, I think baseball, if you were to trade those kind of picks, I don't think they'd be that valuable, just because of the, and then the same thing with basketball, it's a little, it's kind of like, it's a step up from baseball, what their value would be on a trade market, but football still, it's, right. just, it's interesting to think like, man. First round pick. Well, the Wizards
1: were were saying that they wanted two firsts for Kuzma. Heck no. And, I mean, he maybe. I mean, that's the max I would give up, but I wouldn't want to do that. I would rather go player and a first. I would do player and a first. I'd give him a player and a first and then a two firsts deal and say,
0: which one would you rather have? Give them a choice of, look, we'll give you a first round pick and a pretty darn good player. Or we'll give you a first round pick. In the very near future, and then we'll give you a first-round pick a little bit later down the road. Right.
1: Or, you know, Kuzma for two firsts and a second. You know, maybe just get—just get, just get something, I don't know, get something more. But it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see, but we'll see what I, happens. we need to make a move, I'd say. Mm, yes.
0: Obviously, the big news for the Mavericks probably would be Luka Doncic. 73 points was a lot of fun to watch yeah. as much as I could. Yeah, Luka basically decided he was going to be Michael Jordan that day, and uh, he proved it.
1: Yeah, he I mean, was. Fourth most points ever in a single game, you know, Wilt with 100, Kobe with 81, Wilt with 78, Luca with 73. It's it's a milestone, and it's kind of crazy, you know, if you weren't able to watch it live, you know, fortunately I was, they replayed it again last night, so if you wanted to, you know, watch it again, or just watch it for the first time, it was on, but uh, no, an unbelievable night, you know, the, the most points ever in a game with the best field goal percentage in the game, with the most efficiency, You know, 76% from the field, scoring 73 points is unbelievable. That's unheard of. Not even Wilt did that. Wilt wasn't shooting from behind the arc. You know, Luca was. So, unbelievable night and super impressive. Still barely won. (laughs) Yeah, that was what I remember when I saw you um, that
0: night. And I was like, you know, it's the classic Mavericks this year. Luca dropped
1: 73. Yeah, squeak a win out. I mean, it's... it's, uh... Listen, wins a win, you can't be mad, but, you know, Luca goes out there and scores 40. You're not winning that game. I was hoping that he would hit
0: 77 just <laughs> j- just because, you know, I think think it would have been very nice for the jersey sale department, but he didn't. But, hey, I'll take 73 yeah. all day, every day.
1: I'll take 73. I'll take 73.
0: <laughs> and then, as you informed me, uh, just before this, the NBA expanded their draft. Yeah. Um uh Not in the number of rounds, but in the number of days they're going to do it. So they're going to do, you know, the first round. And they used to do how the NFL used to do the first. And they used to do the first and second rounds on day one, which I didn't even realize that till maybe a year or two ago, because you know I'm so used to day one, day two, day three. Right. But with the NBA, they've expanded to second round being day two, mm-hmm. and so I guess they're just trying to increase the importance of their second round. Yeah. Because well, second round we just kind of talked about. Does I mean you can you can hit obviously there's been hits but there've been hits but like a lot of times I see those guys get cut from rosters or they're like G League players. Yeah. So it's just it's, it's interesting to see that, but yeah, Do you like do you like the expansion? I mean, ah, I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, I, as as a, as a as an NFL draft being the favorite thing that I loved, being my favorite thing to cover singular event in all sports. Right. I I love drafts. Um, getting more into the baseball one, um, especially when the Rangers were picking up high. Mm-hmm. I found like you know Langford was the guy. It's kind of funny. Langford was the guy that I wanted, and so was Jack Leiter. Right. I mean, I was doing. Well, I can't do cartwheels. I was jumping up and down uh, <laughs> when we drafted Lighter, and I was very, very happy when we drafted Langford. You know, and so it'll be. I, I'm getting more into the baseball draft. The problem I have with the baseball draft, and it's a similar problem to basketball. It's a little bit different, not as extreme. Is in baseball you draft a guy. Now baseball doing a really good job of keeping their names in the news cycle, the, uh, on the top picks. But before these guys get drafted. And you wouldn't hear about them for three to five years until they get called up, or unless the, you know, on the rare occasion that they would rocket to the minors right. in two years, you know, baseball doing a lot better job of marketing the guys that are drafted. They're doing, they kind of look at what how football markets their first round picks, and they are marketing the at least the first round in that same you know ilk, which I think is very smart mm-hmm. on the side of baseball because that's one of the issues that people have told me that they have with baseball is, well, the young talent. It's hard to monitor, right? Unless you're like me, and I would say at least two or three times a week, I look at the Rangers pipeline and read it just so I can, you know, know as many of the players as I can. i don't do that for every team. But, you know, not the, the everyday casual fan is not going to want to read write-ups Learn what the 2080 scale is. They're not going to, want to do all those things. So, but in football, you turn on NFL, you know, the the draft, and you turn on Daniel Jeremiah, and NFL Network, or you turn on Mel Kiper, ESPN, whichever one you like, or you maybe you turn on our show yeah, <laughs> that'll be coming up on the draft. Um, you get ex- basically out. They, they explain who the player is, what he does well, what he doesn't do well, how he'll fit your team. They do everything for you, so you can just sit back, relax, and chill and, and see who's joining your team. Baseball is doing a lot better job of that. And I think the biggest thing they did was make the draft a part of
1: all-star weekend. Mm-hmm. But the NBA, I like it. Yeah, I think it's cool. And, it's, you know, it's something to watch. You know, you yeah. have typically, you know, previous years, first round's over, well, turn it off, right? Second round, okay, we'll watch our team, turn it off. And now, you know, it's a whole separate thing. You can you know, second round starts on this day, and something to watch. So I I do, I do like it. I think it's smart. I think, it's, I think it's very nice for the players that are going to get drafted in the second round, you know, to have that recognition from people watching. Um, because, you know, as I said, people will turn it off after the first round. So I think it's cool. Yeah. And uh, it is my
0: pleasure to remind everybody the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. And then this will change um, after a few more episodes. It'll be Rangers are no longer the World Series. They're the reigning defending right. World Series champions. And we will be reminding you of that, I believe, all seasons. season. That's what I'm planning on doing, <laughs> is reminding everyone all season that we are the reigning, defending world champs. And so when times get a little tough, when we go through a rough patch, we can remember that we won the World Series. Yep. But the Rangers have done some things. Uh, we signed David Robertson, big fan of that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, brought in Jared Walsh, a couple other guys. Walsh is an intriguing one. They brought back Travis Jankowski, mm-hmm. which, you know, El Blondie's back in that he was at fan Fest. I think he just took J.P. Martinez's to spot at FanFest. Poor J.P. Martinez. But um, I actually saw him, so I was in line to take—we yeah, yeah. we saw him. You were with we him. were there together. I forgot yeah. that, yeah. We we saw him. We were in line to get a picture with the trophy. We look up, and someone behind us just yells, Jankowski! Yeah. And you see the hair. I mean, he you know, El Blondie definitely lives up to the nickname. And then there have been internal discussions with the Rangers about Brandon Belt. Uh, 19 homers last year would be maybe— Maybe twenty games at first for you, you no know, low need to day off, and then he gives you DH. I'd be okay with it. Sure, sure. I mean, veteran leader. Another. I'd vet- like to add another bat, another veteran leader. I mean, you know, if I had my choice of bat, you know, there's a guy with the last name Bellinger out there. So I wouldn't. I I'd, I'd go for a cheaper option. Which I think is uh, I'd go for Solaire. Yeah,
1: I would like. I like. I love Jorge Soler. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've always liked him, even since his Cub days. Just I, I like guys. I, I like the big guys that can hit for power. I really started to like there's... him in his Braves day. In, his, in his Braves day, that's when, yeah. I was,
1: that's when I liked. You know, was really paying attention to him. <laughs> you know, sending um, one out deep left field. I think we all remember that game. That was, that was uh,
0: <laughs> he he hit that one. He, yeah. he definitely got a hold of it. Um, although he would have to apologize to Josh Young because he's the guy that broke his thumb. Yeah, he was one to hit that line drive, and it, so he would have to apologize. I think if he signed here, hits 30 home runs, we can we can I think we'll forgive him. I think we can forgive him. So <laughs> but if, if I had my choice of bats, the reason I wouldn't say Bellinger's he would be a he'd play in the field and we don't have a spot for him to play in the field. Solaire, not that he's a bad fielder, but he, he's that DH guy. He's a DH yeah. that will play the field when you need to give, you know, Carter or Garcia a day off. Um but I still wouldn't mind Brandon Belt. I would not mind it. And then the Mariners traded
1: for Jorge Polanco. Gave him a haul. Yeah, I mean, four prospects. I, and mean, Austin, I mean, Topa was involved, right? Was he? Yeah, I think Austin Topa was involved, who was who had a very good year last I year. I didn't see
0: the full return because I just saw he's traded, and I didn't see what
1: the full Yeah, I think was. Austin Topa was in that package, and he had a great year for the Mariners last year. He was very dominant out of the pen. Oh. So it's a, you know, what do the twins specialize in? Yeah. You know, Topa. they got that pitching. Okay,
0: so they, got, and they also got Desclefani. Yeah. So one of the starters they got back in the Robbie Ray deal. And then Gabriel Gonzalez and Darren Bowen. So, I think, I mean, I mean, it looks like a good trade for uh, Minnesota. Talked about wanting to dump Perlonco. Mm-hmm. Um You got an MLB reliever, an MLB starter to go behind. Nope, Sonny Gray's gone. So, to go behind Pablo Lopez. Mm-hmm. Because, What did Gray sign again? Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals, that's right. Cardinals got him, Lance Lynn, and they uh, got Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. So, they decided to go for a bunch of old starters. But, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they need another starter. So, I mean, again, the AL Central is the weakest division in baseball. It is the equivalent of the um, NFC South. It is is the equivalent of the Eastern Conference in the 2000s. It is uh, pretty weak. It is not—nobody wants to win. It's funny because I
1: got a friend who's a Saints fan and a White Sox fan. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It uh, is—yeah, we got him on the show. Yep. Yeah,
0: um, it's—yeah, no one wants to win. I mean— the Tigers are kind of there. The Royals are on the upswing, mm-hmm. at least in terms of getting prospects mm-hmm. and, and rebuilding. Uh the Guardians are kind of there. The Twins are there. So I there's just nobody wants to win it. Yeah. That's kind of the the nobody wants to win the division, it feels like. Which is frustrating. As on the White Sox, I'm like there is another team. If you couldn't tell, I was blanking. It's the White Sox, that's right. Uh, and the White Sox are the White Sox. So there's, if you put the Mariners in that division, they'd be 90 wins, division champs by September. Yes. Um, which kind of sucks. It's the part about divisions that really sucks because like me, us in the Astros, we could be in the Central, and yep. we're not. So uh, yay, yay us. But the Twins are probably gonna repeat at like. 88 wins. Maybe. I, mean, I got to go with either them or Cleveland. It's going to be whoever catches fire during the year. It's yeah. going to be whoever gets production from those guys that you shouldn't be getting that level of production from, mm-hmm. which is probably going to be either the Twins, the Guardians. It's one of those like you could pick anybody except probably the Royals or the Lights. For right now, yeah. The Tigers could catch fire. You just don't know. Um, and then in some bad news for the Rangers, but I think a lot of news that the Rangers fans are kind of overreacting to. Um, Corey Seager has sports hernia surgery. So I think it's kind of, f- okay, when I say this, let me finish. I think it's funny that the guy did FanFest. Yeah. And he's smiling at this, and he's probably, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has a hernia. Um, I just, I find it to be slightly not funny that he's hurt, but funny that like. We had no idea. You you had no idea that there was like, you know, an injury that you should be doubled over in pain. Over, but I guess they thought rest was the best thing. I'm not a doctor, but I thought hernia had to be corrected by surgery. If you are a medical person, please comment or DM me or something if I'm completely wrong on this. But I thought you had to have surgery. I don't know why they thought, well, we'll just rest. It. It'll magically just heal itself. He's going to be like Deadpool. <laughs> um, he's, he's but, he, be, but he got it. But so. I mean, he has some kind of X Men powers. We don't know what, but it's not healing, unfortunately. Because uh, if it was. We'd be, he wouldn't be injured. That'd be, yeah. be nice to have. Um, and everyone's saying, oh no, he might not be ready for spring, for opening day. He will be. Oh, and surgeries do not take two months. I've never heard of one taking two months. And he'll be ready. I mean, Seeger was the guy that got hurt twice and both times when he got back in the lineup, was didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And not only did he not miss a beat, but hitters need about two weeks. I mean, if, if spring training was just about hitters, it would start March 1st. And that's even still a little more generous. That's just, you know, trying to be nice. Pitchers, I mean, throwing, LeClerc was throwing a bullpen system the other day. Mm-hmm. So they're already throwing yeah. it because it's getting your arm ramped up. It's, you know, it's it's so you don't just go in trying to throw 95 so you tear your elbow. Um, it's one of those, again, where you talk about what you put, the strain you put on your UCL is it's not built, it's not built to take that kind of stress to even throw at 90 miles per hour. But with the proper amount of you know st- you know stretching and and ramping up, you you should not tear it with the amount of knowledge that we have. So that's why you already see guys ramping up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, I don't think pitchers really hit their midseason form or their season form until probably about April, towards the end of April, is probably when. I mean, sometimes they, they have hot starts, at, you know, but typically for them to get full back into the season, it's April early May. Whereas hitters, they're they're back in, yeah. in hitting form opening day. Um, maybe it takes another week just to get back into that actual game action, not spring training game action. But I'm not worried about Seeger. And if he does need to miss the first week of the season, you have Ezekiel Duran. I feel pretty happy about that. So it's a great part about having depth, you mm-hmm. know? And you also have Foscue. If you needed to um, slide Simeon to short and you want to play Foscue, hey, there you go. And then for the DH, for the Rangers... Everyone is wondering who we're going to put in, in in the DH spot. Everyone's wanting to be Langford. I don't know about you. Langford would be fun, but I don't want to rush the guy. You know, I know they talked about Polish was their number one thing about him. He he has it. He's almost, he'll be ready. You also have Foscue, and you also have Duran. So you have options at DH if you want to go a different time. I mean, Foscue, he's he's either you're going to have to play him or trade him he's blocked position wise. Yeah. It means one of those well we're trying him at third and we're trying him at first. That's cool. You still have long-term options there. So you don't really ha- he has unless he can play the outfield and even then you you have no positional openings for the next at least probably 4 to 5 years. I mean, that's just the way it is right mm-hmm. now. I mean, that's cuz with Langford too. So you either have to trade him DH him, because I don't think you really want to platoon him. He's not a great fielder. I think Duran uh, is more of a, of a platoon player than yes. anybody. Um, but you already have Smith and Duran as your platoon guys. They're, they're, they're lefty, righty. you either trade him or play him. And that, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, it'll be common with him was Jeff Kent. If he can hit like Jeff Kent, there's your DH. You don't need to think about Linkford right now. But, yeah. We'll see. See what happens. Um, there's a, a, a series in, in, in Seoul, Seoul, North, South, South Korea. I always, I probably butchered that. But uh, the Dodgers and the Potters are playing. So they actually report February 9th for their pitchers and catchers because they're playing, they start a little bit earlier. But for the Rangers, they start the 14th. So, yay. We're almost, we're about two weeks away. Ready for baseball to be back. You know, you, you know I am. You know, I'm always ready for baseball to be back. And uh, now we're going to move to football. And a lot of things that we forgot. I guess we've been forgetting to talk about the head coaching hires. So we'll get into that in a second. We're going to start with the – no, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do head, head coaches. coaches. Yeah. Uh, it's quick. Mike McDonald, Baltimore defense coordinator, near the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Uh Jim Harbaugh went to the Chargers. I think that's a heck of a hire. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to you wanna put a guy with that resume, you know first off, you know, in previous team that he played for, but also, you know, you brought him in with Justin Herbert already at quarterback. You know, yeah. you, you you have the pieces already surrounding him. not putting him into a fresh start. And a top draft position. Yeah. Thanks to Brandon Staley, you're picking like, I think, sixth overall. Yeah. So, so
0: you have the option. I know people are talking about, and again, mock draft season, draft season, technically started for me, I think, two weeks ago. And I've started to, so if you look at my big board right now, don't, look at any of the rankings it's sorted by college i'm having to sift through it and cut guys i have a cut list on there too so you can see their names because i had to use a website because the draft network decided they were going to not do their big board stuff anymore thank you for that by the way because that was what i used Mm -hmm. so now i'm i had to manually input almost 900 players and then i'm whittling it down to a little bit around 600 and then then we'll go through film and cut it down to about Four, four, fifty, somewhere in there. But so, if you look at it right now, it's not ranked by player; it's ranked by school. That's an, an alphabetical order, so that's that's why it's that way. Um, but they have a top draft position. Everyone's talking about: Do they go tackle? Do you? I mean, because I mean, you have you have R- uh, Rashawn Slater at left, one of the best left tackles in football. Someone who the Cowboys actually almost drafted, with Micah Parsons. It was down to those two guys, and. It's one of those, but Alton Fashano are your two tackles at the top of the draft. Are you going to kick one of them to the right? Which is probably what you do. Yeah, do you, I mean, because they're both left, yeah. Do you go defense? Do you go corner? Do you get another edge? You don't really need edge. You don't, there's no deep in the tackles. Um, you have Gerald Everett. So I mean, Brock Bowers would be a lot of fun uh, in that offense. I mean, they do need it. I mean,
1: you have guys like Gerald Everett. Don't par him, but like... They're good. They're I, tight end two caliber, sure. But like if you add a, you know... Give Herbert another weapon. That could be another. That could be a possibility. I I I think they could be a trade down too for
0: a team that's wanting a quarterback. In that, I mean, let's say the Falcons, right? And you're potentially needing a QB. You're not in QB range. I think that would be where I would say move up and get and get your quarterback there. Um, If you're a Penix or McCarthy guy, because I mean, at that point, (laughs) I. Don't I don't see Williams or May or Daniels falling to six, but by the way, I've already done my I've done preliminary on evaluations of Williams and May, and we can talk about that at some point. But have some in- opinions about those two players that maybe go against what everyone else is saying. Um, still first round players, but they're not. Don't get caught up in what their arm talent is. Because if it was just about arm talent, Jamarcus Russell would have been a Hall of Fame. <laughs> so there's a lot more to being a quarterback than being able to throw a ball and, you know, run. There's a lot more. Um, but yeah, Harbaugh, I mean, the Chargers, I think it's one of the best situations you had in football. When you look at team structure, I look at this list of teams, I would say that the Chargers, Seahawks, have really good we're 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 my two big time destinations. Right? The commander still haven't hired a coach. Mm-hmm. But to me it was Chargers Seattle. They're in prime position if you, you know, already want a good team in place. Um the thing with Seattle is is do you know your long term quarterback? Do you try to draft I think Penix makes so much sense for yeah. Seattle. Keep him, you know in Washington. In Washington. Surround so, him with weapons. He already is running with weapons. That's the thing is you you've already got JSN and DK, DK and Lockett. yeah, and Lockett. yeah that's what I'm saying you have a good, you have your book in tackles and Charles Cross and you I loved Abraham Lucas out of Washington State mm-hmm. so you have your book in tackles you've got some playmakers on defense and you you know you drafted Devon Witherspoon last year out of Illinois one of my favorite corners potential of the draft potential defensive rookie of the year I mean one of my favorite corners of the draft yeah. two years ago was Tariq Woolen. And I've been pretty much vindicated on that one. Being mm-hmm. six foot four, he fit what Dan Quinn loved. I wish we had drafted him. We didn't, though. <laughs> we had a chance. Um, <laughs> but I think that you know both of those positions were very highly coveted. If I was a head coach, I didn't want to deal with. And I'm Jim Harbaugh. I'm not going to go to the Panthers. I'm not going to go to the Patriots. Why would I want to go somewhere that's just would be a complete in ruin rebuild from the ground up? Yep. Chargers already have a lot of structures. They just need some. They just need some roofs and some touching up in a lot of places. Uh, same thing with Seattle. So, yeah, um, both positions were great. Gerard Mayo got hired by the Patriots.
1: Classic. Not even look outside of the organization.
0: We we knew that because <laughs> we kind of knew they were probably he was probably going to be the guy when they hired him as the assistant head coach. Yes. The rumor was they were grooming him basically to be the new head coach, and. Uh, I mean, he definitely had an interesting—I've heard him talk. He was on 105.3 for an interview one morning, and he blew me away. I I, want to hire him. (laughs) He was was a very well-spoken individual, definitely sounded like a head coach. The issue I have is your team sucked last year. Sucked. And yes, you had injury problems, but in speaking to a Patriots fan who, you know, Seth has told me that he he's mad about it because why are you going to hire somebody right. on the same team that where we all thought it was a coaching issue, mm-hmm. in terms of not Bill because Bill's not really involved in the day to day coaching. He's he's more you know it's more his son and talent Mayo,
1: talent is just not the talent wasn't yeah. there
0: but the injuries were there. I mean, he still had a, a, a top defense but I think he's just mad you have a defensive coach for all of these years and then you turn around and hire another defensive coach. From the same staff of a staff that just won, what, three games? Four games? Four, yeah. So it's just one of those, if it, if, if it does not work out, it looks really bad. For you to not even really conduct a, a coaching search. For you to just go, yep, here's our guy. We're done. So, but I mean, if it works, then you're genius. It, it, it's one of those. Um, Brian Callahan, um, whose son, whose son whose dad, uh, Bill Callahan, I believe. I believe it was Bill coached in the NFL, was the O.C. under John Gruden in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Then when Tampa Bay traded Gruden to the Raiders, sorry, no, 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 was in in Oakland. When the Raiders traded Gruden to Tampa Bay, one of the rules was he couldn't take any of his staff. And so Callahan was hired to be the head coach. The rumor is he didn't want to be, there's a lot of stuff. He didn't want to be there. Did he kind of ruin the Raiders' chance of the Super Bowl? There's a lot of think, conspiracy theories, but some interesting tidbits come out of there. This is his son, uh, Brian Callahan, uh, and he was the O.C. for the Bengals, I believe, and he is now going to be yes. the coach of the Titans. So, I mean, you already have, I believe, a quarterback there in Levis. I think he's your guy. I think you already have, I think Hopkins is there on a, he may, he may be a free agent.
1: I think another receiver addition would be the t- smart.
0: The Titans are in a weird spot because they have some talent. Vrabel kind of put them in a really bad position, and the reason they put him in a bad he put him in a bad position is Vrabel wanted to kind of go all in this year. He didn't want to tear it down, and it sounds like the GM and the front office wanted to tear it down, mm-hmm. as they kind of should. I mean, they already had their quarterback, but go ahead and just tear it down and try to rebuild as soon as you can. And they wanted to trade Henry, they wanted to trade some pieces, but it sounds like Vrabel did not want to do that. One reason why he was fired was he wants to be competitive. That's the New England Patriot in him, wants to be competitive. And I think the front office didn't really, not that they didn't want to be competitive, but they understand that their roster is just not constructed to be competitive right now, and they're going to need to add more talent. Yeah. So they're in a weird spot where they have some talent, but not enough to compete at uh, the highest level of the AFC. But we'll see what they can do. Mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see what Callahan can, can orchestrate there. Raheem Morris... Defense coordinator with the Rams. I love that. I love that signing um, for them. To Atlanta. I mean, they have some good defensive pieces. A.J. Terrell, love Clark Phillips. I think he played his butt off for being a rookie and getting targeted as much as he did. Um, Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates. I mean, they have a really talented defense, and now you just mm-hmm. need to fix the quarterback spot. I think you need to fix... You, you have the weapons on offense. Mm-hmm. You've spent the last three first-round picks on weapons on offense and Pitts, and London, and Dijon. Mm-hmm. all top 10 picks, and you have, and thankfully, Arthur Smith cannot commit football malpractice with that team, he can go commit it with Pittsburgh. Yeah. um, <laughs> Poor Pittsburgh, I feel so bad. Um, From Matt Canada to Arthur Smith. I, that's, I mean, it's an upgrade, but that's, like, about yay big, I mean, it's not yeah. much of an upgrade, they both, so, they're both so bad, um... Uh, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that Morris. I think he brought the Rams' quarterback coach or their passing game coordinator to be his OC. You know, yeah. so he brought someone from that McVay staff to be his OC, which I think is a you know good idea. I if I'm the Falcons, I don't know where they I don't know where they pick. I will have to. I'm gonna get on that here in a second. But they are in a position where they have enough talent to to win. I think that that division is wide open. So right now the Falcons are picking eight, so they are within. Okay, so the Chargers pick five. Pardon, they actually pick five. If I'm the Falcons, okay, and just looking at this draft order, you know the Bears have the one. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears are trading back out of there. I don't think they want to take it, and I wouldn't keep Fields.
1: You can literally trade the number two.
0: I I think, I think literally, I I think if I'm Fields, I mean if I'm if I'm the Bears, if I'm Ryan Poles, right. No. Yes. Yeah, Poles, yeah. I believe the Bears. Well, because well, they had a legend named Pace. I think it was Ryan Pace. They went. It's the 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 Orion P that's, that's tripping me up.
1: No, Poles is amazing.
0: Trade out of there. Well, he will be judged on this. You have the back to back first overall picks. Yeah. How you use them will be you know judged. And you hit you hit a home run with the first one with DJ Moore and acquiring more picks, mm-hmm. um, including another first overall pick. So we'll see what the Bears can do. I think the Bears trade out of there. Um. I don't know who to because I know that you know, you you know, the commanders are probably hunting for a QB. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good shot. The Patriots are are hunting for a QB. It depends on who the Falcons like the problem with the Falcons have is I don't think they're within. Maybe you can convince the Patriots to not want to draft one of the top guys, but I don't see that happening. I think
1: Washington has a better chance to keep Howell than the Patriots do to keep Zappi or Mac Jones.
0: Mac Jones is washed. Zappi is a great backup. is a great guy that if you draft a rookie and don't want to play him year one, play Zappi. He can still win you some football games. The Seahawks are not within striking distance of one of the top guys. I mean, the top guys are probably going to go possibly depends on what the Bears do. If the Bears don't trade, they're going quarterback. So that means the first three picks are quarterback. Yeah. If they trade out of there, it's a team trading up for a quarterback— Meaning, so now if it's the Patriots or the Commanders, then it pushes everything back. So the Falcons are within potential—they are definitely in Pennix territory. The problem that they have is if you're the Chargers, if you're the Titans or the Giants, you know you may want—you to, you could trade out of there, get more picks to fill more holes in your football team, and get a haul from the Seahawks to trade up for a quarterback— so the Falcons may be stuck in a place where they need. Now I think the Falcons would be perfect for J.J. McCarthy. McCarthy reminds me of Brock Purdy.
1: He's just not. A, he's not a first-round pick. He reminds me of. He reminds
0: you of of, of Brock Purdy, where he's not going to make any crazy plays, but you can win with him mm-hmm. if you have a great offensive structure. The Falcons have a great offensive structure that would be around a quarterback. Desmond Ritter is not the guy. Taylor Heineke is not the guy. And and typically getting veteran quarterbacks does not work. I mean, look at the recent history. Derek Carr didn't really work. Hasn't yet. Russell Wilson backfired spectacularly on oh, I struggle with that one. Um um on the Broncos. Impressively. <laughs> impressively on the Broncos. Trading veteran trading for veteran QBs for some reason just does not seem to work as frequently. Geno Smith's an exception. Um I don't think he was a trade. I think he was a free agent, wasn't he? Or was he a trade? I can't remember. I do remember was, either. I've, I've, I've had a lot of sleep since then. But anyway, we'll see what the Falcons decide to do. But they're in a, an interesting—this is going to be an interesting draft. Yeah. For, for position-wise and see what everyone is going to do. Thankfully, we don't need a quarterback. We have our QB. And thankfully, we're just going to sit and watch. Um, Dave, Dave Canales, he was an offensive coach. And I cannot remember where he came from now. But he was an offensive coach— Going to the Panthers. So he's had a lot of success on offense. He's um a nice story to
1: Was he with Tampa Bay?
0: He I think he was OC at Tampa Bay. Yeah. There you go. Um, so we'll see what he can do with the Panthers. I think he could do a lot of great things with Bryce Young. Um, they are desperate for talent, and the problem is they don't pick first because well, when you make that trade. Yeah. So now you're basically I think they could be a team at 33 that trades up into the top, into the back end of the first round try to get one of the top receivers but i think they're an xavier worthy um ad mitchell 33 yeah. get a receiver you need one you have a lot of holes in your football team the problem is you're an idiot trade didn't trade brian burns for those two first round picks so mm-hmm. now you're really stuck because you're going to lose him and you're probably gonna get a third round comp pick for him because he's gonna be very very valuable but you're you're kind of caught in a really bad position for the panthers we'll see what they can do and then the Raiders or the Raider stick with Antonio Pierce. Yeah. That was the best decision. You did not want to alienate your players. Um, I know the players wanted they wanted Rich Passaccia a few years ago. Remember when he was their interim mm-hmm. coach? And they didn't do that. And they went out and hired somebody. And it backfired on them really badly in McDaniels. But
1: they, made their, they made their decision here.
0: So I think that they yeah. couldn't do that to the players. And I think he did a good job. I don't think it was the players... You know, advocating for a bad coach. I think it was the players advocating for a guy they like and a guy they can win with. And again, we were just looking at the draft position. The Raiders pick 13, so you have a top 15 draft position to try to add another piece. I you're probably going. See, the problem is, 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 do they go quarterback? What who, who's your QB? Jimmy Garoppolo? Really? I, that, that's, Aiden O'Connell. I mean, Aiden O'Connell. This is one of those, there's a lot of needs for quarterbacks on teams, and there's five. It's why I think McCarthy and Penix are going to be top 15 picks. It's not going to be for talent. And on, on our draft show, just so you know. What, you, you still want to
1: take a chance of
0: you know, passing on him, but not being able to get them in the future? He, yeah, because he, he, here's the thing, and you know Seth's going to talk about this, because me and him kind of both agree that McCarthy, and we think you agree with this, that McCarthy and Penix, they're not top 10 players. Pennix for, I think, some medical reasons. Not just because of talent. Although, that national championship game was a bad... He played awful. Um, but there's some red, medical red flags there for, for, for Pennix. I don't, think, I don't think they're both top 15 players. They're both going to go in the top 15, I believe. Not because they're talented as, as that, but because you need a quarterback. It's the one position you're allowed to overvalue because you need one. Everyone needs one, and not enough teams have one. But we'll see what they do. Mm-hmm. Again... Very interesting draft. We'll see who's trading up. And we'll see the rumors coming out, and the the suckiest part of this quarterback class from in looking at it. After McCarthy, there is a big drop off. Mm-hmm. The quarterback from Tulane seems to be kind of the consensus next guy. And he's like, by him. and he's like a fourth round pick. I watched him. You have Devin Leary of Kentucky. He's a guy. Kadon Slovis has a lot of experience at BYU, but after that, you are in the these guys are backups territory. You know, Tanner Mordecai from Wisconsin. It's just, it's not like last year where there was like Dorian Thompson-Robinson was a guy a lot of people liked. You had Jeremy uh, McKee from Stanford. You had some guys that were decent that you you thought maybe it's bad mm-hmm. after those five. So those five are going to probably be highly coveted because that's if you don't get one the, through those five, you're you you're stuck. No. You're probably waiting for the fourth round before you're wanting to get one. Um, conference championship games. Chiefs, Niners, um, Super Bowl, yeah, yeah um, that's wonderful. The two teams I didn't want, yay! Lions blew it. Lions did. Dan Campbell, he lived it. He lives by the sword, and he died by the sword uh, on that during that game. Um, for everyone wondering, I don't know about you. I'm rooting for the Niners, um, and the reason I'm, I don't hate the Niners. The reason I don't hate the Niners, the Cowboy fan. is, a I wasn't alive in the '90s, so I don't remember. So I don't have that, and now. It's not like they beat us in screwy ways that tick me off like the Packers. Or, sorry, the They Rod, just, they the just Ro- kill us. They kill us. I can't get mad at them. They just kick our butts. Like, we have no answer for them. And we just, I mean, we, 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 we fold. And we, it just, it, our manhood is taken away against the Niners. I mean, it, it's, it's, I can't get mad at them. I don't hate them. In fact, I defend Purdy. I hate the fact that Purdy, I was, doing, was thinking about this. Let's see what you think about this opinion I've been formulating. We talk about quarterbacks, right? And we've just been talking about structure, right? And we talk about, well, the Panthers, they need to get a structure around Bryce Young, right? He's super talented, but they need to get some guys around him. Mm-hmm. But then we look at a guy like Brock Purdy, who has easily the best structure around him in football, no doubt. Yeah. Best offensive coach in football. Three great receiving options, if you're not counting McCaffrey, and then McCaffrey and a great offensive line and a great defense, yeah. and then we penalize him. So, and it and it's it's that Purdy. There's been a lot of perception that Purdy is a game manager. That's not a bad term, you know. what Purdy also is a winner. You know, he's a winner. Mm-hmm. H- and how how many how many Super Bowl appearances does Lamar Jackson have? Zero. How many Super Bowl appearances does Josh Allen have? Zero. How many appearances does uh, Dak Prescott have? Zero. Joe Burrow has one. Herbert has no conference I think appearances. You look at these quarterbacks that we rate in the Wow Mahomes is the exception to that to being the super talented quarterbacks that are in the of the NFL right now. Who if Purdy's a game manager, then guess what? He's managing the game better than almost anybody else. Mm-hmm. He's in 2 years he's made it to two conference championships and a Super Bowl and has a chance to win one. I mean it's it's the closest thing to Tom Brady that we've seen and I say that in the story in that he's a late, he's the last pick of the draft. Brady wasn't picked number 199. You know Purdy wasn't 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 expected to start neither was Brady. Come in and just start off hot and they don't look back. Very similar stories. I'm rooting for the Niners. And the reason being, I think they deserve it. They've earned a Super Bowl, I believe, more than the Chiefs have. The Chiefs have whined and moaned and complained the entire season and have lost respect of most fans. It has very little to do with Taylor Swift. And there's a reason why I have, I don't think I've mentioned her name on this podcast, maybe once or twice, maybe. It's because I hate, it's because I didn't want to become the thing that I hate, which is the sports talk radios being dominated by a pop singer which was very frustrating, so that's why we'll mention her right now. It has very little to do with her, although I am a little bit tired of her. Just, I don't know about you. I don't care about her. Her music is, to me, eh, not my kind of music. If you like it, go ahead and listen to it. Her fans make her very easy. I don't know anyone who listens to her. Like, her fans uh, make her easy to dislike. I just like her because of her fans, not because of her. She's, she's, she seems like a cool, chill person. Who just wants to live her life. Hmm. But her fans make it into a cult. And what's the first sign of, one of the first signs of a cult is you cannot criticize the leader. And if you criticize her, you get the Swifties pointing guns at you. And that's what I don't like. So I have it has nothing to do, very little to do with the fact that she'll be... Um, although it'll be fun to see over-under do they show her 12 times. I'm putting the over-under at 12.5 um, <laughs> on the broadcast, and then, then that that will be negated if Taylor, if Travis Kelsey has, like, 13 catches because obviously every time they catch it, Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't blame the sports shows, and I don't blame the—,
1: the It's marketable,
0: I mean. I, I I don't blame the television networks. No. her. Sure. The NFL is capitalizing on it perfectly. The problem I have with it, and it has nothing to do with her and Travis's fault, it's giving the idiots, and I'm calling them idiots, and I want to say other words, but I can't because I can't use bad language words on this podcast. The idiots who think the NFL is scripted, I would love to talk with them and ask them, okay, I have one question that I think destroys your entire argument. When did it become scripted? Was it scripted in 1920 when George Hallis and them founded it? Yeah, I'm think, I'm using correct English there. Was it scripted in the 50s, 60s, 70s? Please tell me, if you're making the claim it's scripted, I want you to pinpoint exactly when it started becoming scripted. This year? Last three years? Last 10 years? Prove it. If you're going to make that wild claim, I would like evidence. They don't have any. You know the evidence is? I think they just say it. They know it's not, but they just say it. I think they say it because there's an old quote by somebody, and it was, they won't revolt if you give them bread and circuses. It was something like that and it's you know them trying to say the and I'm not trying to get political sorry but that you know well if you just keep the the sheep watching sports they won't look into the government or they won't do it piss off that's what i have to say that's the, that's the, that's putting it mildly for me if you think it's scripted please pinpoint to me when it was scripted there have been potential there have been pinpoint incidents you know incidents in sports tim donaghy in the nba Nineteen nineteen Black Sox for baseball. You could say a Pete Rose for baseball. There have been some very there have been some incidents, but to say that sports is scripted, I think is one of the most idiotic things you can say. And it mostly comes from people who are not sports fans, which makes me even more angrier. But it has very little to do with Taylor Swift, although them being in the Super Bowl and if they do win it, it's going to fuel that crowd, which mm-hmm. makes me angry. And that's not her and Travis's fault. It's not the Chiefs' fault for winning and Fueling that' it Listen, just, they're it, just a good football it team? It just it makes oh, it, it makes them louder, which makes me angrier. I don't want to see the plus. I don't want to see the Chiefs win because everyone's already making the they're the next Patriots. And I, I mean, don't, if, if
1: they win this game, they are a dynasty.
0: They are a dynasty. They've won three. You are a dynasty, but to say you're the Patriots is, I think it's it's very degrading to the Patriots. Win three in four years. There's gonna be, have to be there's gonna have to be some talks though. Mahomes wins this. Win three. Go all those years of still going to two more. I mean, Tom Brady never took a snap without being in the playoffs, without being in playoff contention, ever. And the only year they did make the playoffs was the year he tore his ACL, mm-hmm. and they, at that time they were still in playoff contention, and they were still ten and six, and still and ver- barely missed the playoffs. I believe well, I it was they were either ten and six or eleven and five, one of the two. I think it was ten and six, for the. But to say they're the Patriots, they've won three. They have won three. They will probably not be the Patriots. Because Brady won seven, seven, Belichick won six. Reed is not going to get there. He is going to be gone in the NFL in probably the next two to three years if it's not this year. There are rumors that Kelsey may retire. If Kelsey retires, Mahomes is screwed. He has no receivers. He has Rasheed Rice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> MVS, the drop machine, Kadarius Tony, drop machine junior. Um, well, I am mean, the other way around. Anyway, he has nobody... Yeah, to at least MVS him. made a big catch in the Baltimore game. Kelsey makes that offense go. Yeah. At least for Mahomes. I always got to watch him. And so now, if, he, if he's if he gone, you are in trouble. I believe so. We were talking out there saying that he said that he wasn't going to retire. Maybe. Well, we will see. But Mahomes and Brady, I mean, Mahomes is 1-2. And I think for me, it'll always come down to when it came down to it, Mahomes Brady in the Super Bowl, and it was not Brady in his prime. This was Tampa Bay Brady, and Brady still kicked his butt. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, for all the, I mean, he could get seven rings, and I'm still gonna say it's Brady because it head-to-head matchup, Brady, Brady, Brady takes that one against Mahomes. But and then a little bit for the Cowboys, real quick. Um, You know, Dan Quinn most likely back. Yay. Quote from Jerry Jones, we're going all in. I don't know. Cool, prove it. Yeah, prove it. That means you're going to pay your guys. We going go in the draft. There are rumors that they are changing philosophies in the sense that they're not going to be idiots, maybe. But it's still the same people in charge. So, <sighs> I can't. All I'm going to say is prove it. We'll, we, 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 we will have a great draft and a very mild free agency. Um, but we will see what the Cowboys decide to do. We'll dive more into that probably once the Super Bowl is over and we have our first mock draft, not next episode, but the next one because I don't like doing a mock until we know all 32 picks. That's just um a thing I, I don't like. So, ladies and gentlemen, and then we'll do award predictions next week because that's when the uh, awards
1: will be going on. Yep. So,
0: ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. Chase, you have anything else to add?
1: No, I'm just, you know— See you guys next week. We'll, you know, another rundown of Super Bowl predictions, stuff like that. Yep. And go from there. Yep. See y'all later. See ya.